What's going on, guys? It's Danny from Fantasy Stock Exchange here. Today, I'll be going through my wide receiver starts and sits for week nine of fantasy football, where I break down every single wide receiver matchup, who you guys can start, who you guys should sit, and ultimately, who's a viable flex option this week of fantasy football. For the betterment of this video, if you are new to the series, a start would indicate a player I have top 24 level confidence in aka wide receiver one or two this week in my rankings a flex would be a player in that wide receiver three four type of range top 40 type of range at wide receiver and a sit would be anyone currently ranked outside of my top 40 wide receivers in this video we also break down relevant wide receiver cornerback matchups and potential game script you guys should be keeping an eye on when making those wide receiver starts and decisions this week in week nine Let's try to get this video to over 250 likes so if you enjoy this type of content and you're interested in more make sure you leave a like down below Comment your biggest start sit decision of the week. I'll try to get to as many as possible. And of course, subscribe to the channel. It's free to do. We're on the road to 20,000. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, make sure you do it. But before we get into the video, as always, we're going to get the intro. Before I get into the game-by-game -game analysis, here's the matchup chart for week nine. The chart obviously based on this year's data. If, if you guys can see the data components that make this chart, adjusted fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver position, rank in past DVOA, and rank in PFF coverage grade. And as you guys can see on the screen, some of the more favorable matchups on the far right of the screen would be Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer going up against the Atlanta Falcons, Romeo Dubs and Allen Lazard going up against the Detroit Lions, and Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro list here going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now the wide receivers with tough matchups. We have Brandon Cooks going up against that ferocious Philadelphia Eagles secondary. Buffalo with Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis going up against the New York Jets. And Amonra St. Brown going up against the Green Bay Packers this week. Also worth noting the projected shadow coverage matchups this week according to PFFC and Hardis. Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown expected to be shadowed by Derek Stingley this week on Thursday Night Football. Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman expected to be shadowed by Jalen Mills. The Raiders wide receivers Devontae Adams and Matt Collins expected to be shadowed respectively by Tyson Campbell and Trey Herndon. And then finally, Darnell Mooney of the Bears is expected to be shadowed by Xavier Howard, one of the better corners in the entire NFL. So let's kick off this game-by-game -game analysis with the Thursday night football game. We do have the Eagles traveling on the road to play the Houston Texans. Texans are 14-point home underdogs in this game. 45.5 set over-under, with the under being smashed at a 79% rate by the experts. And Kicking off Thursday Night Football on the Eagles side, you could obviously start both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. The Eagles have a very concentrated passing attack. Both of these top two wide receivers combined for a 55% target share on the season. They're both going to be inside of my top 20 rankings every week, A.J. Brown being a top 10 level option, whereas Devontae Smith more so in that mid to back end wide receiver two type of range. Again, these guys are never leaving your lineup. I don't really have to speak much on them. Obviously, you guys know if you have them on your fantasy football teams that they are week in and week out studs. On the Texans side, I think Brandon Cooks, if he plays, is a very high-end wide receiver three. There's rumblings that he may sit out this game for the Texans due to displeasure with his current standing on the team after not being traded at the NFL trade deadline. Again, we don't know if he's going to play. It's yet to be seen if he's actually going to suit up for this game. But if he does, he's going to be my wide receiver 25 in my ranks, barely missing out on starter territory. Amongst the other Texans wide receivers, because Nico Collins is listed out for this game, not expected to play in this game, I wouldn't trust any other Texans wide receivers except for Brandon Cooks in my lineup this week. Next matchup, we do open up the 1 p.m. slate on Sunday. The Panthers traveling on the road to play the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are 7.5-point home favorites, 42.5 set over-under, with the under being hit at a 65% rate. On the Panthers side, you could start DJ Moore. 
with PJ Walker at the helm, this offense has finally opened up in recent weeks. And DJ Moore has seen a dominant target share with PJ Walker under center. You guys see the last two weeks, 48% and 31% respectively for DJ Moore in terms of his target share. He has been absolutely dominant in these last couple of weeks. PJ Walker can finally sustain a consistent offense. Therefore, DJ Moore is going to be ranked consistently in my top 20 until the ship goes down. Terrace Marshall also barely just missed out on my top 40. You guys saw this past week had a phenomenal game. Nine targets, 85 yards, caught that touchdown. I just want to see another week before I rank him inside my top 40 wide receivers, given the body work that he showed prior to this week. So if he has another good week, if he shows he can be that capable number two weapon in this offense, I have no problem raising him back up into that top 40 range. But until he shows it on a consistent basis, he's going to be just missing out. On the Bengals side, obviously T. Higgins is an every week top 15 wide receiver. But I do also view Tyler Boyd as a top 30 level wide receiver play this week. Obviously for both of these guys, relatively disappointing games this past week going up against the Cleveland Browns. But I do view this as a bounce back spot for this Bengals offense going up against a Carolina defense that has struggled to say the least this year. Next matchup, we do have the Dolphins traveling on the road to play the Chicago Bears. Bears are five point home underdogs in this game. 45 and a half set over under with the over being hit at a 73% rate. On the Dolphins side, Tyreek Hill is my wide receiver one overall this week and is having a career year in his first season as his Dolphins. The volume just has simply been elite. This is a guy that gets peppered with 10, 11, 12, 13 targets a game, you name it. Because quite frankly, he is arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. So why would he not get force-fed the ball? Miami picked up on that real quick. This guy's leading the league in receiving yards. Clearly, I don't have to spend much more time. He is an automatic start on a week-to-week basis. I'd also start Jalen Waddle. obviously. He's been the perfect number two wide receiver for this offense. And with Tua finally back, that unlocks an elite ceiling for what this offensive potential could be. We saw this past week, Jalen Waddle over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Each of these two receivers, when it comes to Hill and Waddle, are going to alternate between having the smash monster week winning type of weeks. I'm excited just to see this offense going for the rest of the season. On the Bears side, I think both Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool are fine flex options this week. Obviously, with Darnell Mooney, he's more so in that high-end wide receiver three type of range, whereas Claypool being that wide receiver three, four fringe, top 36 to 40 level play. And when it comes to Darnell Mooney, the reason why I prefer Mooney to Claypool in this game, his target share makes him such a safe play in this Bears offense that's finally opening up. And we're getting a 25 plus percent target share player in this team. So he may not have a huge ceiling. He may not even have a bigger ceiling than Chase Claypool, given the yards after catchability that Claypool has. But I do think Mooney's floor gives him a proper baseline in this game. I also really like the outlook of Chase Claypool. I know he was just added to the offense, got traded at the deadline, but he is going to be that yak monster slot type of wide receiver in this offense. And Justin Fields just needs some layup throws. Chase Claypool can be that layup type of guy. We saw the usage in the Steelers offense. I expect him to be used somewhat similarly on the Chicago Bears team. High draft investment. I think he's going to slot in perfectly as that number two wide receiver after Darnell Mooney on this team. Next matchup, we do have the Chargers traveling on the road to play the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are three-point home underdogs in this game. 49.5 set over-under with the Sharps on the over at a 98% clip. So clearly expecting a huge scoring output in this game between the Chargers and the Falcons. A lot of question marks here on the Chargers side. So I'm going to start with them. Obviously, we know the health of their wide receiver core is very, very questionable going into this game. Mike Williams, as we know, is already out with that high ankle sprain. But Keenan Allen has not practiced this week at all as he's recovering from a hamstring issue that's basically held him out or limited the entire year. If he does play, he's going to be in that wide receiver two range on volume alone, given what he's shown when he's on the field and the ability to command targets, especially from Justin Herbert. But monitor his health status going to his game. Very, very big question mark for Keenan Allen. I also think Josh Palmer is a top 30 level play with Michael Williams out. And he'd actually be a fringe wide receiver two for me if Keenan were to miss this game. Either way, 
Josh Palmer is going to be in your lineup. If you picked him up for cheap and waivers, you know, maybe you picked him up, you know, the end of your drafts, whatever the case may be. Josh Palmer has been in a smash spot really all season with the injuries of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams alternating weeks. And now both of them might miss this game. So Josh Palmer, wide receiver, three level expectation if Keenan Allen does play, but I do think he can crack that top four. But I do think he can crack that top. But I do think he could crack that top 24 range if Keenan were to sit this game out, especially given the matchup going up against the Falcons you guys saw on the matchup chart. On the Falcons side, Drake London has disappointed really from a box score perspective in recent weeks, but I do think he has a prime opportunity to show why the peripherals are still elite in this game and bounce back in a big way against the Chargers. Again, I'm tempering my expectations. He hasn't played well. He hasn't really gotten a lot of production overall. He's more so a mid-range wide receiver three for me this week. But if he does have that ceiling output game, again, high over-under, Chargers going to score points on the other side. I expect the Falcons to continue opening up that passing offense, feeding and targeting that number one draft pick from this year with Drake London. So he's going to be a mid-range wide receiver three, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's right back up to that wide receiver two range after this week. Next matchup, we do have the Vikings traveling on the road to play the Washington Commanders. Commanders are three and a half point home underdogs in this game. 43 and a half set over under, but the under being hit at a 51% rate. On the Vikings side, I really don't have to explain myself. Justin Jefferson is an every week top five level wide receiver. He is a must auto start on a week to week basis. I also like the outlook of Adam Thielen in this game. He's been banged up multiple times throughout the season, but he's still the clear wide receiver two on this team, a team that likes to throw the football and commands a 20% target share on the season. So I would obviously start Justin Jefferson. I do also view Adam Thielen as a high end level wide receiver three, AKA a flex play in your lineups on the commander side. Hallelujah. Terry McLaurin is finally back to top 20 week to week status. And that's on the back of the last two games with Taylor Heineke, 26 plus percent target share in each of his last two games. We're finally seeing Heineke relying on Terry the way Carson Wentz was not. And as a result, the Washington offense has actually looked really good relative to expectations with Heineke under center. Last two games, both wins. Heineke's played well. Terry McLaurin is the number one catalyst for their offensive success. So he's a must start. I also think Curtis Samuel is a viable flex option with Jahan Dotson still on the mend with that injured hamstring. 21% target share on the season. The team loves to throw the ball, as I kind of mentioned. And he's just going to be a mid-wide receiver three in my rankings due to the amount of volume he does see on a week-to-week basis in this offense. Next matchup, we do have the Packers traveling on the road to play the Detroit Lions. Interdivisional game, Lions are three-and-a-half-point home underdogs in this game. 49-and-a-half set over-under, with the under being hit at a 57% clip. On the Lions side, obviously, you know, if you have a Monroe St. Brown, you are starting him as an every-week top-12 wide receiver as long as he's healthy. This is a guy that... As long as he's on the field, he's commanding a 33.6% target rate, which ranks third in the NFL. This guy gets peppered with targets. He is the foundation of the Lions' offensive success. I wouldn't expect anything different this week if he's going into this game healthy, which by all accounts looks like he's gotten over that concussion that he suffered against the Dallas Cowboys two weeks ago. On the Packers side, I do view both of their top two wide receivers with Romeo Dubs and Alan Lazard as flex options. We've seen Lazard being listed as questionable with a shoulder injury, but I do expect him to play in this game. We've seen when he's been healthy, he's commanded 20 plus percent of the targets in each of his last three games. And he remains a mid-tier wide receiver three with upside each and every week in my rankings, given his involvement in this offense. I also think Romeo Dubs is a low-end wide receiver three, barely cracking my top 40 level option. 19% seasonal target share for Dubs this year, playing in that you know intermediate possession type of role for the Packers. They did not make a trade at the deadline for a wide receiver. So as a result, 
Dubs, Lazard, as long as they're healthy, are going to continue in that top 30 to 40 range of my rankings on a week-to-week basis. Next matchup, we do have the Bills traveling on the road to play the New York Jets. Again, another interdivisional affair. Jets are 12.5-point home underdogs in this game, 47 set over-under, with the under being hit at a 96% clip. On the Bills side, Stefan Diggs, as we know, is an every week top five wide receiver. Must start with his target share in the best offense in the entire NFL. Don't overthink it. Obviously, he's going to your lineup. I don't really have to spend much more time. Gabe Davis, I also think, is a weekly low-end wide receiver, too. And as we know, he's got a volatile range of outcomes. He can drop you, you know, two points one week. He can drop you 25. But we are chasing ceiling in fantasy football. He's a low-end wide receiver, too, with his median range outcome. But as we know, with his ability to win down the field, with the Bills' ability to throw the ball down the field, he can pop off at any moment as the week's wide receiver one overall. I also think on the Jets' side that the only Jets wide receiver worth a spot in your lineup is going to be Garrett Wilson at the flex. As we know, the Jets' passing offense, to put it simply, has been abysmal this year and until Zach Wilson shows that consistent improvement in his game I think Wilson is the only playable wide receiver in this offense arguably the only playable player in this entire offense offering a volatile wide receiver three type of standing we know he's a stud type of player we know that he's a stud talent it's just a matter of how much volume can we expect and how efficient of a passer the Zach Wilson can be but until his situation looks better he's not going to escape that standing in my rankings Next matchup, we have the Raiders traveling on the road to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are one and a half point home underdogs in this game. 48 set over under with the over being hit at a 90% rate. On the Raiders side, obviously, as we know, Devontae Adams is an every week must start. 28% seasonal target share. Natural God-given ability with the ball in his hands. He is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Again, don't overthink it. He's in your lineup. He had, obviously, that disappointing game this past week, but I do expect a huge bounce back for number 17. So if you don't currently have him on your roster, if the person that has Devontae Adams is panicking about, you know, whatever 1.2 people or points that he scored last week, make sure you go and try to buy low on Devontae Adams. I think he's going to be a top five level wide receiver rest of the season. And as you guys can see on the utilization chart, you're not feeling comfortable starting either of these other Raiders wide receivers. Mac Owens is actually out-targeting Hunter Renfro on the season, a 16% seasonal target share to an 11% seasonal target share when it comes to Hunter Renfro. Mac Collins would be the next closest guy, barely missing the top 40. And yes, I would actually take Mac Collins right now over what we've seen from Hunter Renfro. So definitely don't put Hunter Renfro in your lineup, given his recent play. On the Jaguar side, Christian Kirk is a flex as a high-end wide receiver three. He is the clear number one wide receiver on this entire Jaguars offense. And while it has struggled, again, the offense hasn't looked too great in the recent weeks. A matchup against an awful Raiders defense this week could be their quick fix. And I could see Christian Kirk finally having that bounce back, you know, maybe 15 to 20 PPR level point production in this game. Next matchup, we have the Colts traveling on the road to play the New England Patriots. Patriots are five and a half point home favorites in this game. 39 and a half set over under with the under being hit at a 99% rate. And it's really simple here on the Colts side. You're starting Michael Pittman as a low end wide receiver too. He is the clear alpha of this entire offense. He's commanded eight plus targets in all but one healthy game this year. Yes, you heard that correctly. An absolute volume king when it comes to Pittman. Don't overthink it. Low-end wide receiver, too. I don't really think he has a huge ceiling with Sam Ellinger under center, but I definitely think he has a very safe floor given his level of involvement. On the Patriots side, you are starting Jacoby Myers. He is currently the wide receiver 13 in PPR points per game at the wide receiver position. He's experienced a breakout. He's finally scoring touchdowns, and he is the clear alpha wide receiver of this entire Pats wide receiver core. You're starting him every week as a wide receiver, too. Enjoy the steal that you got in your drafts. You probably got him, you know, the 10th, 11th, 12th round maybe. He looks like he could be a potential top 25 level wide receiver rest of season.
Onto the 4 p.m. slate, we have the Seahawks traveling on the road to play the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are two-point home favorites in this game. 49.5 set over-under with the over being hit at an 83% clip. On the Seahawks side, you're obviously starting both of their studs as long as they are healthy going into this game. Both went into last week questionable with injuries, but played and were not limited in that game against the Giants. Both of them had really good games. Geno Smith's looking really good. The Seahawks offense has actually been one of the most fun offenses in the entire NFL and has been one of the biggest surprises of the entire season. I expect another studly performance in a game where I expect a ton of scoring, both top 15 in my wide receiver rankings this week. On the Cardinal side, you can definitely start DeAndre Hopkins as a fringe top five level option. I mean, this is a guy that's come back from his suspension and shown that he can earn targets at an elite level. Basically vintage DeAndre Hopkins, 27 targets in his first two games following that suspension, 50% target share in game one, 32% target share in game two, not a lick of worry when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins and his utilization in this Cardinals offense. Onto their other receivers though, I also think Rondo Moore is a flex as a mid to high end wide receiver three. This is a player that in three of his last four games has commanded over 20% of the targets. He is the clear number two wide receiver in this offense. And as we know, the Cardinals like to throw the ball all over the yard, so Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is getting your lineup as the start, but I also think Rondale Moore can give you sneaky production in your flex as a fringe top 30 level play this week. Next matchup, the second matchup of the 4 p.m. slate, we have the Rams going on the road to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers are three-point home favorites in this game. 42.5 set over-under, but the under being hit at a 96% rate. And on the Rams side, Cooper Cup is a top five wide receiver as long as he's healthy. You're not overthinking him. Obviously, we have that injury concern from this past week. But if he's even, you know, questionable coming into the game but does play, you have to start him for that ceiling that he's shown. He earns targets, as we see, 33% target share on the season. I don't really have to explain how good of a player and how good of an asset Cooper Cup represents from a fantasy football perspective. I also think Allen Robinson is a viable low-end flex. He's actually my wide receiver 40 on the dot. So, Barely missed that sit territory, but I think last week gave you enough upside to be able to put him into your flex as a low-end option. He's obviously volatile. We haven't seen it on a consistent basis all year, but he showed this past week that he's not as washed up as I thought he was. He commanded a 23% target share in that game. I do think that in this game, he has an opportunity to eclipse last week's total. So like Allen Robinson, again, low-end flex, you might have some better options, but realistically, if you're in a pinch, you can go worse than Allen Robinson. On the Buccaneers side, obviously you are starting both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as top 15 wide receiver plays in my rankings. They are elite players on a team that throws the ball 42 and a half times per game. While the offense, as we know, has kind of been dysfunctional at times. Tom Brady maybe been out of it. Play calling maybe been out of it. This is, again, still a team that throws the ball over the yard. Two top wide receivers in NFL. I would say they're probably top 15 level talents in the entire league. Getting elite volume in this passing attack. So, yes, you might have to plug your nose. You may not want to watch this Buccaneers offense as a whole. But both these guys should be in store for 8 to 12 targets. On to Sunday Night Football, and I will keep this extremely brief. Titan side, you cannot start a single Titans wide receiver until Traylon Brooks is healthy. Their wide receiver core has been abysmal this year, and they simply don't throw the ball enough for it not to matter. This this isn't, you know, a Cole Beasley type of situation where they're not good at football, but at least they get volume. Nah, they're not good at football, and they don't get volume. None of these Titans wide receivers will enter your lineup as a top 40 level play. 
On the Chiefs side, I think you can flex Juju Smith-Schuster. Obviously operating as that wide receiver one on this Chiefs team. I love the upside of Kadarius Toney, but I still want to see him and how he plays, how he learns that playbook. And ultimately, I just want to see a week with him in that Chiefs uniform. I think he's got a ton of upside. Obviously, that yak ability, ball in his hands type of ability that Kadarius Toney represents. But I think this can be the Juju show as they ease Kadarius Toney into the game plan. But I do think moving forward that Toney versus Juju is a serious debate in terms of the pecking order of targets on this team. And then final matchup, we have the Ravens traveling on the road to play the New Orleans Saints. Saints are two and a half point home underdogs in this game. 48-7 over under with the under being hit at a 96% clip. On the Ravens side, none of these wide receivers rank inside of my top 40. Duvernay would be the closest. And I think both him and Demarcus Robinson are going to find themselves in that wide receiver 40 to 50 range. But for the time being, given the level of passing volume in this offense, given the injuries that they've had at wide receiver, I just simply think the target share of this offense is really going to be monopolized by Mark Andrews in this game, assuming he plays. And if he doesn't, I think Isaiah likely would be more talented than both of these Ravens options. So definitely don't want to get either in my lineup. I think on the Saints side that you are clearly starting Chris Olave as an every week top 20 wide receiver. I know you guys might say, well, he's young. He's a rookie. Do I want to trust him at that level yet? You absolutely do. 23% target share, 27% target rate when it comes to Chris Olave this year. He earns targets. He's beneficial with them. He is arguably a top three level front runner for the Offensive Rookie of the Year award. So he's going to be a clear top 20 wide receiver in my rankings week on week going forward. I also think Michael Thomas, if he plays in this game, could be a low-end wide receiver too. But again, monitor his health status. He's been dealing with that foot injury realistically since week four. We don't know when he's going to play. But if this week is the game that he's back, I have no problem putting him inside my top 24 wide receivers, given his ability he showed on the field when he was healthy this year. Again, if you have Michael Thomas, I'd maybe look for other Monday night football pivot options. Again, I mentioned Duvernay and Demarcus Robinson. If they're available on your waiver wire and you have Michael Thomas, just pick one of them up. If Michael Thomas doesn't play, plug one of them in your lineup. You're fine on that wave. But I definitely think Michael Thomas is worth the risk, worth the wait, if you can get him into your lineup and have a pivot option for Monday night football. But either way, I appreciate you guys for making it to the end of this video as always. Again, make sure you leave a like down below. The goal of this video is 250 plus likes. And of course, subscribe to the channel. We're on the road to 20,000 subscribers. Appreciate you guys for that continued support. Enjoy Thursday Night Football. Good luck in your Week 9 matchups. Hopefully, all of you guys can secure the dub on your road to clinching a playoff spot. Take care. Why you need the money?